We are the coin boys. Your average everyday crypto bros. You can do this, man. You can do this. It's Andy, producer BTW, and sitting right across from me is Danny Goots. What's up, guys? Sorry. It is so hot in LA right now. Yes, it's it's very hot. It's driving us all crazy. Uh, The air conditioner is not working in here. It works. It just doesn't work for the cold side of that. But anyway, I'm really excited about today's episode uh, because it's a special interview episode with Simon Mainka. Uh, who is who is with iOS Foundation, who's attached to iOS T or iOS Token. Uh, we were connected actually through our good friend of the show, who you all know, Crypto Breakfast. Uh, and we had an opportunity to interview uh, someone about this project, which is a project I didn't know too much about. Uh, Daniel, did you know too much about it? I don't know too much about it, but I'm glad we, got, we had a chance to interview somebody within the, even the top 100. They're, they're close to 50 uh, on yeah. the coin market cap. And so it was, it was really interesting. And we always say, Daniel and I, it's one thing for us to research a coin and give you our opinions, but it's another thing to be able to have the person with the project so we can ask the questions that you guys want to hear the answers to. Like we said, we, we want to research things. We're unbiased. Uh, and uh, Daniel, I'm going to throw to it. Uh, enjoy, guys. This is Simon with iOS Enjoy. Foundation. Enjoy. It goes back to my little brother. He, he turned me on to crypto. Um, back he was into it in, in 2012 2013 and he told me about it in 2013 and that's when i got involved we ended up doing a little bit of mining uh, some horror stories about trying to buy miners from china with what little bitcoin we had we we'd buy these miners and like be checking them out online to figure out okay who's gonna send are these they gonna send this over directly from china so we can get it cheaper <laughs> and then we'd be all fired up, kind of worried if they were actually going to honor it because we knew that, hey, once you send Bitcoin, you never get it back. And this is like in yeah. our infancy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then what we did is like a week would go by, two weeks would go by, three weeks would go by. Like a month went by and then we got some dusty miners where the hash rate already went back up. So it was uh, <laughs> <laughs> they basically had been mining with these miners for a month before we got them. Wow. Um, but wow. that was that was the start. And. Glad he got me into it, though. That's 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 uh, you're the first person who I have talked to that has kind of gotten in through mining. Yeah, it's funny. We we interview a lot of people, uh, Simon, and a lot of them don't mine, and it's it's very few people that we meet that actually come from mining. Um, so I like I like that. So what did you get heavy into it? Like was mining like really? Because uh, I know you were. It's more you were outsourcing it more or less, not actually mining within your own thing. So, so, you know, it, my brother says this, it's so funny. He's like, we went about it all wrong. We should have just went to meetups. We, we think we're personable. Like we think we're, we're fine people. Like we probably should have went out and like mixed it up with people, but we did the opposite. We had the tiniest, most small scale, little, like trying to fill up our apartment as much as we could with oh, miners. Wow. It would get super wow. hot and loud. And yeah, it was so dumb, but that's what happens <laughs> when we have free power. Wow. So <laughs> just included. Um, and yeah, like you said, you don't meet lots of miners now. And I think, yeah, I mean, we have one miner up right now for like the novelty of it. It makes like nothing. Um, I don't think mining it's, if you're not doing it to scale, I was a consensus in New York. We met this Russian guy who had like gold plated miners. He has some like crazy, um, almost free power Jesus. from the government. And it's Whoa. just, you can't compete with that. You know, although this is kind of a side story. One day in like 2014, some giant um, mining uh, farm in China like burned down and like the hash rate just dropped. That was like Christmas for us. (laughs) You don't wish that on anyone, but no, I see though. Yeah, it was it's the it was the silver lining to a horrible disaster. (laughs) 
Okay, so you were in it. Exactly. Kind of, so you were in it kind of early. Uh, and how did you kind of get to this point with iOS Foundation? Um, were there were, were you with any other crypto uh, centric companies before? So only, um, and this is sort of a long answer, but probably worth it. When we got into it, like all the bad things started happening. I went to college. I played college lacrosse, college football. I went to Virginia. I'm like pretty proud of that, and like had a good degree. I was working at like Fortune 500 company, like Wait, all this. What stuff. position did you play? You played college uh, ball. College. I did. I, nice football. I played midfield and lacrosse, and then I played um, receiver and football. Never saw the field at receiver. Just, <laughs> but so you were just playing special teams suicide mission. You played Monday to Friday. You were Bo Jacksoning it though, as lacrosse and football in college. Right? I I was. Damn. Yeah, it was fun. That's cool. Um, Sorry, I had to find yeah. out because I played football in high school, so I always like to know what position. You know. Like yeah, what were you? I was a I was a slot receiver, but mostly a cornerback. Yeah. I started corner. I yeah. love defense. Yeah, and I held the down oh, markers man. for <laughs> for every game. Oh, that takes a lot of skill. Though. It does. Got to pay attention. Yeah. That's a skill. It, it does. You do have to pay attention. <laughs> and when your cousin is the captain of the football team and he intercepts it and goes for like a world record break uh, record breaking uh, uh, touchdown um, on the defense, and he smacks you in the butt. Then everybody on the team smacks you right in the butt as you're trying to hold <laughs> oh, the shit. down mark. <laughs> That's oh funny. yeah, I was watching World Cup and I thought maybe like what could make the World Cup soccer more appealing to Americans? First of all, no ties. Yeah, tying is just un-American. I agree. Um, and then then maybe a little more butt smacking. Yep. You see that in ball and football like crazy. That's funny. It, it's it's it, everything has its niche. <laughs> all right, so the get off of uh, football and butts. Yeah. Uh, and back to, so you were in college, you were perf- playing sports and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But so how it goes to IOC, and the, the point in that was like, so I'm working and I'm really interested in, in crypto. My brother got me way into it. He's way into it still. Um, and so the problem was like Cassius, Cassius coin was happening at the time. Mount Gox was blowing up. Charlie Shrem's going to jail. Like everyone's wow. getting in trouble. And here yeah. I am like, how do I get involved and not get in trouble? And like today, it's a little more, it, it, a little easier to get involved. I think for a couple of reasons. The first is, A, it's a lot more reputable. Uh, it's a lot more well-known. And B, back then, they didn't need like marketing, business development, partnerships, people. They needed hardcore developers. And if you weren't like the best of the best, if you didn't know anything about cryptography, like what, what are you going to do? Um, and now since the ICO boom, there's thousands of coins and people are really competing for attention and awareness and brand awareness. And so it's really made a boom in hiring. Um, and it's like a lot easier to get in now. And that's that's the way I see it. Back then it was a little bit harder. So my brother and I just started some crypto websites um, and would do that and just plug away at work and then do crypto things all the time. And then now, now it's at a point where I was really excited to join IOST or iOS foundation and really help them their top, you know, hovering the top 50 coins by market cap. And we want all the beautiful network effects of cracking into the top 15, top 10. So we're working hard at that every day. Nice. And I guess since we're on that topic, could you tell us a little bit, um, just for people that might not know anything about iOS, let's start with mm-hmm. uh, what do you do for iOS foundation and then leading into what is iOS token? Yeah. Yeah, two questions. Let me tackle that. So, yeah, thank you. Uh, let me let me say what it is yes. first. So, iOS token. It's Internet of Services token or IOST. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we are a Neo Ethereum EOS platform. So we're a competitor. Uh, we're currently in our test net. Our main net's going to go live. Uh, if you have Australian listeners, not their we winter, do. but our winter. So it looks like January. Um, and so we have a couple of unique things. We'll, we'll probably, you'll probably ask about those in a second or two, of, you know, what our special sauce is yeah. and what we do, but um, our platform is right in line with those. Okay. And so you're, you're, you're basically trying to complete doing a different, a different sort of approach as the other cryptos that you had mentioned. That's right. And, and so that's one of the things that makes us special when you see proof of work and you see proof of stake, I think it, it's important for us to talk about the IOST consensus mechanism. We have something called proof of believability. And what we saw was essentially when it comes to proof of stake, because we proof of believability is, a, is an adaption of proof of stake, we saw there was a pretty heavy centralization occurring. When you look at EOS, and no disrespect, because pretty much everyone has owned EOS at some point, mm-hmm. um, you, you just look at how essentially these 21 super nodes and the, the accumulation of wealth becomes really centralized. And if you look at any number of the POS coins, uh, that starts to happen. So our team who's made up of really smart engineers and, and really smart technical people decided, let's try some solution to this. We'll call it proof of believability. And instead of just being really rich and, and being a super node or getting in really early and having a ton of coins, the only way you can validate a block with um, IOST is through being a good actor in the space and earning something called Servi. So we have a side token okay. that has yep, it has no value and it's not transferable. I cannot give you my Servi. Uh, you can't give me yours. I can only earn it by um, you know validating blocks or being a participant. It's Internet of Services. So we we look to have a bit of gig economy on there. If you, if you have a shop and you're using that, you can earn Servi um, and we can get into that more with when mainnet launches. But essentially you earn Servi, you have to have Servi in order to be a block validator. And as soon as you're chosen, if you have enough IOST and enough Servi built up, you can you know push forward the next block and get that block reward. Uh, and as soon as you do, your Servi basically self-destructs like it was a, a note on Inspector Gadget. And so you have to start from the beginning again. So you can't just rest on your laurels with IOST. You can't just accrue a ton of coins. Like I think XEM, like NEM, it's like 10,000 coins for them. Um, You can't just get your 10,000 and just start clipping your coupon. You actually have to be a good actor in the space. So we we like that. We can't wait for that to go live and and see how people respond. So in in regards to that, is there a number right now uh, of survey that you need in order to become a full node? Two things. Um, no, no number. It, it won't be. It won't be static. Basically, people will start earning it. I feel like it'll just fluctuate all over. It'll almost be like hash rate in that way, right? right. As someone accrues survey, someone else will be busy accruing it. And as soon as one person cashes in, that next person up who has a ton of survey had already been building it. It'll, that number will probably keep going higher and higher. And, and for the other part of that, it's going to be some combination. You have to have at least some iOS token. Um, okay. And then survey, and it'll be some combination of the two. And, so, as of right now, yeah. if there's nothing set, it will change as it gets more as, as things get used. Right, and and I think you know we could probably get my my CTO or someone to to talk about the particulars about that. Mm-hmm. But they have it pretty set on on what they're going to do, and they're just testing it all right now. Okay. 
And uh, could I t- could I ask you uh, about <clears throat> like the founder? I think his name is Jimmy Zong. Correct me if I'm yeah. wrong. Is there yeah, any Jimmy Zong? Jimmy yeah, Zong. Uh, could you uh, uh, explain to anyone just a little bit of information about some like someone like him and anyone else that might be involved in development that might be notable to mention? Yeah, definitely. So Jimmy is an awesome leader. I'm I'm fired up um, to be here with him. He's built this great team, and I think a big part of that is because. This is not his first go. He's um, he started a company with a couple other guys on the team in China called Dora, and he had another. Yeah, basically, he's been making startups since he started college, um, and he's done it. I think three different iterations. And so, Jimmy is just really good at executing, getting things done. He also has gone through a few iterations of just acquiring via hiring and keeping on really good people, and they have what I think is just this extremely strong team. I think another part of the IOST special sauce is is who we have here, who we have working um, at IOS Foundation. And I and I think it starts with him. And then Terry, our CTO, is incredibly, incredibly smart as well. So what what uh, what can I tell you about those guys? Uh, no, I guess that was it. Just like uh, yeah. I just like because what we do is like we like to look at like the the people behind the coins, and I um I would love to maybe in the future be able to interview Jimmy or or uh, or any other people to uh you know research even further down you you know the people involved behind uh, the foundation. Uh, but Definitely. let's talk about let's go back to you and what does the growth lead do? So what is your day to day with iOS? Yeah, so I think the biggest um, thing that we look at is. A couple of things. First, we did we did our private ICO and raised forty million dollars. We did that in, in just a matter of minutes, and that was um, this past winter. And that's because of a couple of reasons. But essentially, we worked with Sequoia China, Matrix China, Hobie, and all these others. I think eleven different VCs, um, and just sold out the private ICO. From there. Um, since then, we have Blue Hill, which is it's really important for us to have a, a strong ecosystem in place and have the infrastructure so that when our mainnet launches, essentially Blue Hill is our version of consensus. We want to make sure developers have all the tools that they need. The, the ICOs that launch on our chain this winter will have all the support that they need in place um, and just so that they can be successful. Nothing guarantees success, but we want to make sure that they have all the tools that they have to make a vibrant um, platform. So. What does that mean? That means we are really well known. We didn't get to the top 50 by accident. We, we have a lot of support in Asia. Um, it, and I when I go around and talking to people in Western countries, which is what myself and the team that I work with do, it, is to create some awareness around this. So not everyone in English speaking countries knows what IOST is, but we're still in the top 50. Um, so it's like bridging that gap is a big part of what we're doing, just creating some awareness around the project. That's pretty cool. Very cool. Now, um, iOS stands for Internet of Services, correct? That's right. So is that um, what? Can you explain the meaning behind that a little bit? Um, yeah, I think I think when the longer answer to it is. <laughs> When you look at these different platforms, it, it, I think there's room for an Ethereum and there's a room there's room for a number of different platforms that are looking to achieve different things. When you look at the service industry as a whole, it's it's a I don't know the total number, I just can't think of it right now, but it is it is a massive industry. I think when you think of the US, you think of the service economy that we have um, and and just lots of dollars are changing hands on that. And the blockchain is really designed to help support that. 
I think there are different platforms and different blockchains that can help with these different issues or different um, niches of sort. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, I think there's a varying degree of centralization as well. There's probably room for something. Oh, I hate to say it. Something like Ripple. That's just uh, as okay. We mentioned that name. You can get. We did an episode <laughs> on Ripple. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the trade there's a trade off, right? You have you can either be very centralized and extremely fast, but then you have security trade offs, right? Yes. So the more decentralized you are, you have uh, instead of like a single point of failure, you have many, so you're a lot safer. But sometimes there's a sacrifice in speed. So if you look at Ethereum. There's a major sacrifice in speed there compared to Ripple, but the trade-off, you know, it's it's where do you land in that? So in my personal opinion, there's going to be space for a, a number of different blockchains. They're probably going to vary in which they tackle. For us, it's Internet of Services more or less. And then where are they on the centralization scale? Because some things don't need to be very centralized and some things have to be. So I don't know how that's all going to play out, but I, I'm really excited to be at a project that prides itself on decentralization Sure. Um, that's something that's important to me. And then um, just the growth we're looking to achieve. Sweet. Now, one of the things that you guys were talking about was speed. Uh, and you have, and EDS is hoping to be very scalable. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, iOS is hoping to be very scalable using something called EDS, which is the efficient distributed sharding. Is this correct? That is. Uh, but f for sharding, I, I've got to get my team on to chat with you about that. No worries. Uh, I, as far as I know, and I'll try to, and I'll try to explain it myself a little bit. Um, and you can tell me if I'm completely off or not. But you're basically making several. You're making one big blockchain and then smaller blockchains within that blockchain. Is this correct? That uh, that you're aware of? That that's pretty close. But I think for us at at IOST, uh, some people really stake their entire blockchain on sharding, right? Okay. I think um, Zilliqa is one that's just they bet the entire farm on sharding only. Um, and when it comes to increasing TPS, like that, there's, there's a bit you can achieve with sharding. There's, there's just like a lot of leverage to pull on. That's why I saw it. Your answer is, is more or less points in the right direction, but I think it doesn't come down just to sharding. I think there's, there's a number of different things you can do. Um, and then it's like, how do you balance those out? So, you know, it might be a good follow-up to have, my CTO kind of talk about which levers they're pulling on, how they're getting the TPS that we've achieved on the past net, um, and then how we're going to try to really boost that for mainnet. So definitely for our listeners who are interested more in that, again, it's EDS, and you want to specifically look up sharding, so try to get more information on that one. It's interesting, um, but it's a key to, to iOS speed, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and then you guys currently have – oh, sorry – the total will be 21 billion tokens out there. And according to CoinMarketCap, it's about 8.4 billion right now are in circulation. Uh, how did you dis how did uh, iOS distribute that the, the tokens? How are they planning on distributing the rest of the tokens? What, what's the plan uh, as of right now? Sure. I think the, the best thing to tackle there is CoinMarketCap's a great site, but they don't always have, and we're, we're in talks with them to update the numbers to make sure that it's more God. accurate. So that's a good point. How do, yeah. how do we know how accurate it is? That's a good point. <laughs> so yeah. uh, if the numbers are wrong, please let me know. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. They, they are wrong, but I don't I don't have the exact ones. I'll, I'll flip you something after this. Sure. But I know that our, our team is in talks with them. I think when it comes to how have they been distributed, that, that private ICO we did was obviously the, the first way we got things out. Um, but then it's important to note that we have 30% 
of all the tokens set aside just to release when mainnet goes live to developers and other people in the ecosystem to ensure that there's some uh, funds available for bounties to make sure we're, we're taking care of bugs to make sure people are actually up and running to get some of those network effects. We definitely want people on the IOST blockchain developing and working on things. And so we, we put our money where our mouth was on that one from the foundation and, and took 30% aside and earmarked it just for that purpose later. So okay. any developers listening, um, please reach out to me. Be happy to chat about that. And also our Blue Hill Fund. I think that's important to mention. It's our version of consensus. They, okay. All the guys that were involved in that um, private ICO, most of them came back. And in, in just a, about a month ago, we launched the Blue Hill um, Fund. And that's essentially $50 million just to go ahead. Like there was Hobie. Um, Sequoia China, Matrix China, and put all that money aside to also help with that. So they're make they've already made seven investments. I think Content Box, Certic, a, a number of others, and they're looking to do more and more. And they're going to look ideally at um, tokens that want to launch on the IOST platform. Uh, and then there are some investments in there that are actually not just because of where they are in the life cycle. But that's something that we're also going to be looking at. So there's a lot of money that's been set aside just to make sure that, hey, we can attract developers and not just attract them, but support them as well. All right. Very. Thank you so much for, for that clarification. Yeah, thank you. Now, no worries. Uh, I was looking at the uh, the white paper. I went through it as best I could. It's very, very technical. It's a technical one. <laughs> that white paper, I will say. Uh, but one thing that one thing caught my eye, and I wanted to see if it can get your opinion on it, and it had to do with the proof of believability. Mm -hmm. um, so one thing that you guys, uh, so the people who become a part of the be, uh, the believer section of the blockchain or the verification process in that, uh, how um, that is based on their, now that you said uh, their, your, your side coin, which I'm forgetting the name of it right now. Survey. Survey. Yeah. Survey. It's yeah. based on survey and how much iOS you have in there. But it does say mm -hmm. that should they or and should anybody else be on the sorry, if any validator is detected as misbehavior, they will lose all the tokens and reputation in the system while the defrauded mm -hmm. users will be compensated for any loss. This is just one of your guys' uh checks and balances. Mm-hmm. So um And so that's mm -hmm. Yep, sorry, No, I was, uh, EOS is on the same lines that they, they can do that too, and they have actually frozen other accounts as well. So I had a, a couple of questions in regards to that. Um, sure. And I, yeah, I, might, I, can, I can tackle that really quick, and then sure. if, if I don't have an answer, I'll, you know, I'll point it in the right direction. But essentially, when you look at proof of work and proof of stake, like the, the consensus mechanisms, like you have to think about, all right, if I have all these coins and I'm going to validate the next block, what is it? And so with proof of work, it's you've invested in obviously your mining rigs and you're investing electricity and you're competing to validate that block with proof of stake, you're staking coins you already have without, without some type of consequence, people are just going to try to game the system um, with no cost. So it'd be like, you can try to rob the bank and if you don't successfully pull it off, you don't go to jail. If that was the case. Right. I feel like people would try to rob the bank all the time. So essentially with proof of stake, you have to stake your coins. That way, if you try to be a, a, a fraudulent actor of any kind, you, you've actually risked those. And then when you look at Casper with Ethereum, they're doing a similar thing. It's 
pretty harsh as well. If you try to game the system mm -hmm. and maliciously alter things so that you can be a block validator and win the reward, you, you, you can be penalized severely. So just to kind of talk about, uh, uh, I think that's very much in line with all the proof of stake mechanisms. Same yeah. with NAM and others. Yeah, it seems very uh, very close to others. So I just wanted to know, um, should they lose? So should somebody lose somebody? How is um, I know all of the people who were defrauded get their get their uh, tokens back, but the rest of the tokens that they put up for stake, how does that distribute uh, distributed, or is it just held, or what? Ha do you know what happens from that point? You got me on that one. I actually, I I'm, I really want to know the answer now. Yeah, because, I'm curious on that one. Yeah, <laughs> let's say let's say a hundred people were defrauded of a thousand tokens each. Obviously, the hundred people get their thousand tokens back. But the bad actor, if they were staking 10,000 IOST, what happens to the 10,000 IOST they stake? Yes. Uh, right. don't, I don't know. Okay. But, but yeah, that I should. <laughs> it's definitely. It's, it, I was always curious because that's the one thing that I was like, okay, people are staking it because I'm 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 also familiar with how Nem Nem does it as well. So mm -hmm. people are staking it, which is good. I'm glad that that's a thing that you're willing to put up. But what happens should you mess up? Should you get caught? Mm -hmm. And I guess another another would be like how um. How is this? Uh, how is that? Do you know how that process is enacted? Like, uh, because I, a, a fear would be if somebody who was innocent gets accused of fraudulent activity and then loses everything, even though they were innocent. Do you know how how pe um, what the process is to enact uh, fraudulent activity? Say somebody uh, or prove that somebody was being fraudulent. That I don't know, but that is also a huge can of worms. I think when you think about some of the challenges with current day blockchain or just current current day cryptocurrency, including Bitcoin. Um, you know, Joe Beercan in Cleveland, who who might not be the sharpest guy out there and probably doesn't care much about cryptocurrency. If, if he's buying crypto on Coinbase, um, he probably doesn't even realize that Bitcoin or whatever he bought isn't exactly his. It's just sitting in Coinbase. Yeah. So when people start playing around and they start sending coins around, uh, they make mistakes all the time. And you just look at the what's it, five million now um, Bitcoin that are burned forever because of people making mistakes. So yeah. I think I think when you when you think about Bitcoin and, and crypto in general, there are some issues that are really irrecoverable. If I send Bitcoin to the wrong place, it's gone forever. If I send it to the wrong person, um, odds of me getting that back are very low. And so the other challenge would be if you think of Ethereum, Ethereum Classic, right? Like a, a similar, obviously the hack happened and there were two ways that that could go. It, one was to return the money and one was obviously to just trudge forward as if nothing happened because the blockchain and the history is just gold and we don't affect that. So I think what would happen in that instance would be a real problem. If someone was a good actor um, and they were wrongly accused, I, it, it, I don't know because the blocks would obviously continue to add up. and It would cause the same Ethereum, Ethereum classic problem where we get block after block adding up and it's like who's going to pick which chain if there's a fork like what what are which path are we going to go down here so i think the it's really complicated in that way so i think how would we prove if someone was actually a good actor um but they were wrongly accused and defrauded and i i feel like that's probably a challenge with all proof of stake coins um and i don't know the answer to it what do you guys think well, no, I definitely. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I'd ask because I know several others in that are similar in this in this situation into uh, the proof of believability or proof of stake or um, uh, in terms of how they they work. I was just curious as to 
you know, not everything's perfect. You try to do your best and you try to to make things right, but you know, sometimes innocent people get caught up in that correction. So I just wanted to know if if anybody had a backup on that one. So yeah, um, so that's another one I'll follow up on. But yeah, yeah I, I, I totally get the to. question. Yeah. Thank you so much for that help. If you can get us that answer. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Yeah. And uh, thanks so much for your insight there. I feel like we really uh, like I have a better understanding of, of everything you guys are doing. And is it so you guys did a test net? Is that right? Bef- I know you're doing the main net launch, but there was like a, mm-hmm. a beta that released. Uh, how, did, right. how did that all go uh, and everything like that? I mean, I think it went well from from our standpoint. I mean, if someone else out there has has another opinion, I'd love to hear it because we're we're doing our best, of course. But I think the one thing we're especially proud of, because this is sort of rare, is we we picked a date for the testnet to launch and we actually met the date. So that was exciting, just from like a Absolutely. general base level of of kind of acceptance. And since it's launched, I think we haven't had any issues people are starting to get her in there and kick the tires a bit we've got a really exciting i don't know if i'm allowed to say this but here it goes we have a a game called crypto heroes coming out um oh no way nice pretty yes it's pretty awesome maybe i try to toss you guys a little beta sign in because i would love that because i'm yeah. we're a huge we do gaming centric episodes because i'm a huge gamer yeah um so that yeah would be really cool. yeah let me know man yeah. we'd love to uh like try it out and and talk about it on the show for sure that would be that would be awesome. I mean, um, let me try to get you guys a, like access in advance before yeah. before it's pushed out. Um, That'd be great. But we have a lot planned for the test net, and I think really what we try to do is is state something in our roadmap and hit that date. I feel like Good. we we really want to deliver on that. We did with test net. There's no major issues. People can go on right now and start playing around with it. Um, and then when Crypto Heroes comes out, I think we're going to try to draw a lot of attention on that. I'll definitely ping you about that as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's all good in, in testnet world right now. That's cool. And so I guess a segueing off that and kind of one of our last questions of, of the show is where do you see you guys going in the future? Like what is like the main vision and down the line, like where do you see you guys ending up? Like what what's the main goal for you guys in the future? Definitely. I think a short-term goal for us is is getting this mainnet launched and getting awareness in, in Western speaking countries, I'm sorry, English speaking countries. And I think that's going to help us quite a bit um, when mainnet launches as well. And this is really important to us because the network effect of this, look at Bitcoin, good luck on seeding Bitcoin. Obviously it has its own use case, but there's so much support behind it. There, the ETF talks, everyone, it's really a top of mind thing. I thought of this the other day. If you think about name a startup who had like, who you could just go anywhere in the country and ask about it and people would know its name and be kind of familiar with it. That's such a huge advantage for Bitcoin because obviously it's not a startup, but because it's still young and people know what it is. So with us, we want some of those network effects. We want developers to be in and working on it. We have a really good plan for how we're going to achieve the support and the infrastructure we've We've studied other people's testnet launches and mainnet launches. We see how they go. We learn from like what was effective, what wasn't, what were they missing. Um, and so we put things in place like Blue Hill because we look at Ethereum with consensus and how successful Ethereum's been. And we look at EOS and, and we think, hey, maybe they didn't have the same level of infrastructure in place. Um, maybe they didn't have the same ecosystem in place, even though they had plenty of money. So for us, a short-term goal is to 
successfully launch mainnet, create more brand awareness and, and crack into the top, probably 15 top 10 coins sometime in the, in the rather near future. And we think that's going to help us when it comes to development, use of the blockchain and real evangelism. Those are some important things to us. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I'm excited for you guys. It sounds like you guys have a lot of things going down the pipeline. And um, obviously, anything game related is really exciting for me. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Simon, thanks for joining us today. Uh, I wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of like uh, tell us where we can find information on you guys, handles, stuff like that, uh, just for some people that might not know uh, or have heard about you guys before. Yeah, thanks for that. I think the best thing. Um, to do for a lot of the technical things like our, our Terry, our CTO put out a piece on some of the principles behind our test net, why we launched it the way that we did, uh, what was important to us. And then he put that out like a couple of days before our test net launch. That's on our medium. Um, if you could link to these things after that, be, that'd be great. Yeah, on Twitter, we're, sure. we're at, thanks. Yeah. On Twitter, we're at iOS token. Um, Jimmy Zhang, he's a pretty lively guy. I, I, actually I saw really some love, videos. Yeah. I love his first yeah. tweet that I just saw right off the bat. It was like nine hours ago about somebody yeah. pooping in an elevator, and that's just they get they get to do it twice before they go to go to jail or something like that. Funny. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I sorry. think I think for like if you want really technical stuff, if you want updates and you want to understand what's going on with our blockchain, um, go to the medium. Um, also. If you want that and maybe a little extra something to get you through your day, Jimmy, give give Jimmy a follow. Sounds awesome. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah. you know, we to, you know, keep track of you, your guys' progress, you know, it'd be great to get, like, Jimmy on the show later down the line to see where you guys are. And, uh, Definitely. And then, Simon, uh, I can't thank you enough uh, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, if you have anything else you want to say, just give us a shout-out and we'll get you yeah. back on. Definitely. And you awesome. Get, yeah. You guys could find the Coin Boys on – we're on iTunes, SoundCloud. That's Coin Boys Podcast, Twitter, uh, Coin Boys Cast on Instagram, and uh, we're on Google Play now. Uh, and uh, uh, thanks everyone and again uh, shout out to uh, iOS Foundation and Simon thanks man thanks guys take it easy Daniel take it easy Andy yeah see ya see ya